This is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolfe, an Aussie escort and total hookup enthusiast. And here's a bit of a secret for you. I have a really hard time with orgasms. I don't know if it's like performance anxiety or technique or just a lack of patience, but I've always found it really difficult to come. So this time around, I'm asking for advice from my close friend and accomplished sex educator, Tess. We're going to have this very personal conversation on the record so that hopefully you can all learn a bit more about getting off. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is adults only. And with that said, let's get into it. Hi, this is Georgie here. I'm a writer, sexual adventurer and independent escort from Melbourne, Australia. My mission is to talk honestly about all the stuff you need to know to have a great hookup. And by that, I mean finding the people that are right for you, negotiating amazing sex and walking away feeling good about yourself. So uh, this episode is kind of personal. A few months ago, I reached out to my friend Tess. They're an accomplished sex educator and occupational therapist. And I wanted to get some advice on a kind of a sensitive topic because I've always had a lot of trouble with orgasms, especially around hookup partners. I don't know, uh, you know, what what it is that's getting in the way, whether I'm just super anxious or I just haven't found the right approach, but whatever it is, it started to really bug me. So I'd like to do better. And then I thought, well, why not record this conversation? Because I'm sure I'm not the only person out there who struggles with this stuff. So here we are. Tess is an incredible therapist and educator who's worked with people in some really tricky situations to help them have better sex. And I can't wait to hear what they have to say. Hello, Tess. Hi, Georgie. Nice to be here. It's so good to be chatting with you, especially since I haven't actually seen you face to face so long because of this whole Melbourne lockdown thing. I know. You are missed. (laughs) Oh, it's just nice to hear your voice, actually. And, like, thanks very much for agreeing to have this, like, intense, like, therapy-type conversation, you know, on tape. (laughs) The pleasure is mine, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it's not going to be mine because I'm, like, sweating already. This is, like... Oh God, this is nerve wracking. Um, but look, can you give us like just a little bit about like who you are and what you're about around this stuff? Well, I'm an occupational therapist and I specialize in sexuality um, and I'm also a sexuality facilitator, but my clients are primarily those diagnosed with cancer, living with disability and chronic illness. But essentially, sex is complicated, humans are complicated, pleasure is complicated, and I just work with people to uncomplicate it as much as possible. Oh my God, sex is so complicated. And like, uh, I think a few people listening might not know what an occupational therapist is. Could you tell us a bit about that? Trust me, most people don't know what an occupational therapist (laughs) is. So in some countries, we're called functional therapists. Uh, Mm -hmm. Essentially, what we do is we look at a person, we look at what they do day to day and whatever those activities are that are meaningful and necessary for this person. We use assessments and interventions and we just enable them to be as independent as possible in those Mm -hmm. tasks. So it could be showering, dressing, driving, um, going to work. it could be sex in this case. Exactly. Because what's more important day to day and what's more of a common thing than, you know, getting laid, right? Yep. Sex, well-being, connection, relationships, it's it's all in it. Going to a date. I've even helped someone set up their dating profile with a client. Oh, bless. I've done that too. It's so much fun. And then yeah. hearing them come back and tell you, you know, what yes. happened. I love so it. And you um, you specialize in sex and cancer specifically. Yes. Like how did that come to be? 
Well, I've always been an advocate for sexuality and disability. And then I was diagnosed with cancer two years ago. And I I was Mm. so surprised by the lack of resources there were, by the lack of education. And cancer has extremely detrimental effects on people's sexuality. Mm-hmm. But it's assumed that that part of life isn't necessary. It's like it's all about survival, really, rather than living. So yep. I just decided to fill that gap and help people live. So good. The same applies to disability too. Like mm. as an escort, I see clients with disability, and a lot of people just assume that people that have disability stuff going on don't need to get laid. Yeah, just kind of weird because a lot of us or most of us do. Yeah, every every human has a right to sexuality and connection. And there are people who are not living with a disability who are asexual. That we should all be able to access that and access good information. God knows Mm. that there's little enough information about sex in general out there that's good. I can't even imagine what it would have been like, like navigating cancer and, um, you know, sex stuff at the same time. Yeah, I definitely put my skills to the test. (laughs) Oh, my God. So... It's kind of your, I was kind of bringing out the big guns because, you know, I feel like maybe my problem is a little garden variety compared to maybe some of the issues that your patients have had to deal with while they're doing chemo and stuff like that. Like maybe this is going to be an easy question. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> what have you got for me, Georgie? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sure you'll never have heard this one before. That's my sarcasm voice. By yes. The way. <laughs> <Got that. laughs> So this has always been the case for me, right? I just have a hard time getting off. Like it, it's pretty much ever since I first started having sex, um, I've had trouble with orgasms, like trouble getting there. Um, and it's more uh, with other people than by myself. Don't have the same problem with my, by myself. It's more around other folks. And I know that, you know, I know it's kind of normal to take a while to get to know your body, particularly people with like, um, vaginas that I know that sometimes as we get older uh, we get more familiar with our bodies and what works and then we actually come more easily but I feel like I'm going the other way I feel like it's getting harder mm. <laughs> and um, you know I've been in lockdown uh, because I'm, we're in Melbourne so um, I, I haven't been able to see all my lovely play partners but I am seeing one person um, but this this orgasm thing is really bugging me it's like I can't have the sex life I'm used to because we're you know, we have this pandemic thing, but then the sex life that I'm still trying to have, you know, I just feel like I can't, uh, you know, there's just this one thing that's a real struggle. Um, and I have no idea where to start around this, you mm. know. I'd love to ask, what what does an orgasm mean to you, having one? Look, to be honest, I've always been able to take them or leave them. Like f- there's a lot of things I enjoy doing. And I don't know whether it's because I couldn't orgasm so much or um, just because I liked experimenting. I've always been heaps more interested in experimenting with sex than with getting off so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But then sometimes I just get really, really horny and I just really wish that I could access that easily. So that's there too, you know. Mm -hmm. And then it's a bit like, you know, when you're trying to fall asleep at night but you're having trouble Mm -hmm. and then – and then what? Then I find that I start to get frustrated. And then when I start to get frustrated, it ruins the whole experience because instead of relaxing and being in the moment, I'm just getting pissed off because my body won't do what I want. And so it kind of like fucks everything up. Um, and that can be kind of annoying too when that happens. So are you noticing that you feel like you have more pressure on yourself to have an orgasm currently 
Yeah, I think at the yeah. moment the pressure's coming from me, whereas in the past yeah. it might have come from partners. Like mm-hmm. I know that um, for a lot of people, and especially for a lot of straight blokes, like making a woman come is the sign that you're good in bed. Oh, so geez. I know, right, let's unpack <laughs> that shit. So that's a lot of pressure when a dude's like, you haven't come yet, but does that mean you're not into it? Oh, you know, I'll totally make you come. Like, And I'm like, oh, can you not? Wow. Can you not? Because your tongue will fall off. And he's like, no, no, I can do it. I can do it. I'm like, can you just please spare us the suffering, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And having – I've gotten to taken to explaining with new partners or hookup partners before I get with them that I don't easily come. Otherwise they'll, you know, they'll mm. head south. And then I'm like, when do I tell them? Do I tell them after five minutes? Do I tell them after 15? Do I wait until they look like they're in pain before I tell them they're not going to make me come and they should probably rest? Like- <laughs> it's an interesting one because, um, you know, if you meet someone new on a date and you, and you even mm. open up so beautifully and honestly with, oh, I do take some time to come, that right. in itself may make the partner think that that's something that you really, really want. That's the right. outcome you're after when really what you want to be saying is um, I can take some time or if not at all, by the way, I still really love pleasure. Yes. Um, so this isn't a bad thing if I don't. It's just my body. Some people um, see it as a challenge. And if yeah. if I say, oh, look, just to let you know, it's I don't often come, they'll say, well, you haven't been with me yet, darling. Oh, you know. And, and then I know we're in for a bad night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the red flag. <laughs> you've, just, you've just said so many things though. Like this is really normal, Georgie. Like this is extremely normal and it doesn't matter. This is good to hear. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why we as a female species are considered to need to have an orgasm of proof of pleasure. I mean, I don't know why anyone of any gender should need to have an orgasm as proof of pleasure, actually. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, Tissues becoming uh, aroused, engorged, lubrication, you know, dilated pupils, erect nipples, all of these things are the things that show pleasure and enjoyment. Mm. Um, And just observing your partner and look on their face and their feedback. Like that's how you know, right? But I feel like a lot of people just kind of bypass that stuff bypass the tuning into your partner and instead just want to go straight for the big scoreboard like how many times you make a comes kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. that's never going to work out we <laughs> the the human body is desired for pleasure yes but there's a massive catch to it and that's because our brain our brain is our largest sex organ but our brain mm-hmm. is in control of everything else so and it can be the simplest tiny little thing such as geez, I really want to have an orgasm today, even that can be the off switch to actually having one. It can interfere with arousal. Oh, you would not believe the shit that goes through my head. Everything uh from, uh, you know, uh, was that a pain noise? I think they made a pain noise to, damn, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you know, everything. Yeah. Anything that's going to, If sometimes it feels like anything my brain can do to stop me from having an orgasm, it's going to do. It's perverse. And that's normal. Asking the brain not to think is like asking the heart not to beat. You know, right. it, it is going to think. It's all about, again, it, it is mindful practice, bringing your brain back to your body. Um, the really tricky thing is, is that we, our pleasure and our arousal and our orgasm is very tightly linked to this beautiful symbiotic dance between our nervous systems. Mm. So we need our parasympathetic nervous system to kick in which is the calm, 
say we're in digestion after food, we're feeling Mm -hmm. a bit slow, that's parasympathetic. What that does is it relaxes the muscles. Blood flow can access tissues. Blood flow Mm -hmm. is everything when it comes to pleasure. Our mind is relaxed. Mm. And then from that, our pleasure can build. And orgasms happen when we switch into the sympathetic nervous system, the flight, fright or freeze. Right. yeah, and so and then we need we need the para to be there. We need to be calm and safe and warm and building on our arousal and pleasure slowly. Mm-hmm. Then we may have an orgasmic experience. That's when that the sympathetic nervous system kicks in. And then after that, we go back to the para, the, the parasympathetic, the, the oxytocin, the hormones are running through our bloodstream. We feel exciting good. stuff. We're lying back, we're smiling with ourselves or with our partner. So it's a real tricky one. When we're stressed, when we have anxiety, we're sitting in the sympathetic nervous system. So we're not giving our our body the opportunity to actually get properly aroused. So So we always, sorry. No, no, it's (laughs) fine. I was just going to keep rambling on the same thing. (laughs) Oh, this is great. So you're kind of saying like we need to find... You're kind of saying like we need to find this balance between feeling relaxed and calm and feeling excited because sex is exciting, but it also needs to feel safe and calm and we kind of need to switch from one to the other. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, Georgie, is I'm going to ask, and anyone listening, I'm going to ask to get a pen and a paper very quickly. This is something I really like to do with clients who have mismatched desire. Okay. So pen and paper. All right. Hang on. I'm getting it, turning to a new page. I brought my coloured textures. I was excited about Aha, this. I love it. So what we're going to do is we're going to draw an extremely basic XY axis graph. So a vertical line and a horizontal line. Uh-huh. Now, so like your standard sort of graph sort yes. of shape. Or in like, it looks like a right angle. Um, what mm-hmm. we're going to do is the Y axis, the vertical line, I want you to write arousal on the top. That's the arousal graph line axis. And the horizontal, the x-axis, is time. I so wrote horniness. Have... I hope that's okay. I, I tend to take liberties. <laughs> you can take any liberty you like, Georgie. So Excellent. what we're looking at is when we go to the right of this graph, time is passing. And when we go up in this graph, it's how aroused we usually are. So we're looking at our standard pleasure arousal pattern. Oh, so I've the, seen this chart, except it showed it, it was a chart showing lesbian sex and it had this giant like knitting yarn pattern that had little spots marked like our cat interrupted us and we stopped for lunch. Oh, it's fantastic. this great Facebook meme. Yeah, it's really oh, cool. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and, and this is going to be different for every single person and it can be different for each person individually on different days. But Mm -hmm. it's a really nice way to compare where you're at with a lover or a partner. So I want you to draw your arousal pattern. So for me, I'm just going to voice this because of the medications I'm on. Thanks, cancer. I Mm -hmm. am drawing a horizontal line pretty much parallel with the timeline. And I'm not really moving up in arousal at all. And let's just say 30 to 40 minutes have passed and then I start to... Now my curve is going up over time. Oh, so you're a slow starter. Very, very slow starter, yes. And then so once my body relaxes, once my brain gets kicked into gear, that's when I start going to the arousal. Now I have a partner who is pretty much straight into the arousal and they can hold that for a very, very long time. So we did these you know, graphs and it was complete, we, had, we had completely different patterns. 
Wow, and imagine if they didn't match up well, you'd have to do a bit of work around that, right? Yeah, and the, and the work can, work is quite simple. It's called foreplay. So the person who's got more arousal earlier, that's their time to focus on the person who has less arousal for longer. And what you want to do is you want to work together so you're both on the same page. You're both at the same point in arousal at the same time. That would require a little bit of adjustment, yes. right? And you'd need to know where your partner's at. And particularly um, if you are, if it is someone new that you don't know very well, that's going to be tricky. Well, it can't, yeah. And it can look like, hey, um, I really, really enjoy uh, kissing. Kissing is something that makes me really, really aroused. Can we please kiss for a while? And then it can turn to like, oh, I'd really, really love it if you could give me some oral. Um, And you can ask for these things. And the person who you're with is like, oh my God, great. They're just telling me exactly what they like. Mm -hmm. And you're getting your arousal and pleasure enhanced just so you can match this person to have a really connected, pleasurable experience. But sort of staying at wherever you're feeling at the time, rather than having someone trying to gem their unmentionables into your unmentionables without uh, taking the time. This is kind of like two-minute game sort of department. And we've talked about the two-minute game on this podcast before, but just Mm. a refresher for anyone who's just dropped in, it's basically this game where you take turns asking the person you're with for something, whether it's like sex or whether it's like making out or a massage or whatever, just for two minutes and then you swap over. And it means Mm. it's really hard for you to get – um, out of alignment with them because if you're a raging hornbag and you're like I want to fuck the shit out of you for two minutes and the next two minutes they go I want you to gently stroke my head for two minutes like you know you're gonna you're gonna come back down a bit right mm. you can't get too carried away if someone's not ready for that yet because yeah. they'll they'll pull you back and the and the thing I love so much about this graph is that it's visual and so someone can say wow there's actually we we start with a gap like I need more time you need less time so let's figure out how we can get me up to your arousal level and it can take an hour it can take two hours but it's you know it's fun right it's foreplay well, it's, it's a journey yeah exactly I don't really believe in foreplay I just think it's all sex so I don't really Love it. I don't believe in uh, doing a certain amount of foreplay before you can get to the main event because I don't think that intercourse is the main event really in fact sometimes it's the least exciting bit of the whole thing yeah sometimes the making out is the best bit oh, definitely and there's um there's another thing to this as well is that I Georgie are you referring to orgasms from a type of penetration form of sex Oh, hell no. I literally have okay. to get out my entire toy collection and then I have to like sort of lie there in the correct position with the thing in exactly the right spot, thinking exactly the right thoughts, and even then it still takes ages. So like there is no um, there is no coming from penetrative sex for me. That's never a thing that's happened. Yeah. Um, and so I you're normal. Count- yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. This is super common. If You have to be a very lucky person to be able to get off from intercourse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the, this is the vagina is not designed to have an orgasm. The clitoris is. So yeah, when, right. Unless you, you know, you're really into the whole G spot thing. Yeah, but the thing is, the G spot is actually there's some really, really deep, deep structures and tissues inside the pelvis that actually are connected to the legs of the clitoris. They're huge. And so internal sex can be a way of activating the bulbs of the clitoris, the internal structures that run deep, deep, deep around that area Mm. to each side of the vaginal walls. But everyone's going to be different in this. Yes, but there is so much 
I think not not only from porn, but in all of the movies, you know, you can see the two people magically hook up, they're in the bed, they're gazing to each other's eyes and they're obviously having some form of penetration and then all of a sudden they both come at the same time. Oh, my God. Like, you know what really shits me on American TV? <laughs> Simultaneous orgasms really shit me and for some reason American TV shows are like so, so guilty of this and every time it happens I'm like, I get angry. Where the fuck did you get the idea that that ever happens to anyone ever? I, I always say, that never happens and where are your condoms? <laughs> I'm, oh, my God, and you never see them. You never see them pulling out a condom unless there's about to be a condom break yes. scene. Yeah. Which is so fucked. I know. So fucked. <laughs> I can see we're both the kind of people that shout at the television all day. <laughs> yeah. Mental note, we must watch Sharknado together, Georgie. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. Just this is, I digress, but I watched 365 Days. You know that that really bad Netflix Polish movie about the gangster who kidnaps that woman and and dares her to fall in love with him or something? Oh, you didn't. I have never seen such utter garbage and I've never seen such terrible, terrible sex scenes in my entire life. Like they had sex like it was basically porn like they had sex like that regular shitty porn where you that no where people, no one ever has sex that way where like he's choking her and like yep. there's like weird facial expressions and it's really overdone and it was just like no one has sex like that no like unless you're you know really into doing role porn porn role play and hey that sounds hot but no one has sex like this right and it was it really badly represented BDSM really well, badly I mean, that was it, awful the whole it's like watching Fifty Shades of Grey. You just yep. you need to suspend your disbelief and assume they have no idea what they're talking about. But like, it's really hard to find a good. It's really hard to get a good idea of what um, coming looks like, and particularly coming for mm. like people with pussies looks like because there's not really much out there. And that's the thing as well is that uh, if we are aiming to, if we want the goal, if we have set the goal for ourselves to have a type of an orgasmic experience. That's when you get the clit sucker out. It's called the satisfier yes. prey. And yep, you... or the womanizer, although I don't yep. approve of that name at oh, all. It's a horrible name. Oh my god. But the clit suckers are like the um the satisfier pro is also really, really good on the head of a penis. So really? and, oh yeah. Yeah, amazing. Because it's a sucky vibration sensation. And it's got a bit of a bigger head too, whereas the yeah. the womanizer has a I own all these things. Yes. <laughs> just for transparency. The womanizer has a smaller hole, whereas the satisfier has a bigger hole. So I can mm. see how you could play around with that. Yeah. And it's got this like little, just to anyone who hasn't played with this stuff, it's a suctioned, a tiny little suction device. But it's, it's it like vibrates and suctions very quickly mm. at the same time. And it's pretty amazing. And so what you can do is say you have a partner who has a very, very, very quick instantaneous or just quicker than you arousal pattern you mm. together can get out this toy or another toy, use it on the clitoris, touch touch each other's bodies, let the blood flow to the area, let the muscles relax, let your nervous system drop into its pleasure. Mm-hmm. Then you can have, have some play and maybe your brain kicks into gear again. Guess what you can do? You can roll over, grab the toy, pop it on your clit, and you can still have all the other types of sex while your clitoris is still being stimulated. It doesn't this have kind to be of, your finger, but it can be as well. This is a very interesting scenario for you to describe because I'm so used to hookups. And, again, there's this particular, like, 
idea around what a hookup should look like. And it's it goes, and I don't know if it's correct, and it goes something like you meet someone, they're really hot, and you both can't control yourselves, and you you know, you take them home even though you know you shouldn't because it's very naughty to sleep with someone on the first date or so I'm told. And then you rip their clothes off and you forget about, forget about the condoms because you just got carried away and then, like, they're hard all the time and you're instantly wet because that's a thing that should happen if, you know, if you're properly aroused. And then, you know, you don't need lube because real, real people don't need lube, oh, right? That's not a thing. And I feel like I've sort of fallen into this and, like, I've never – I've never had a hookup partner where I've gone, hey, do you mind if we just spend maybe two or three hours just really slowly touching each other and getting in the mood before we start to get stuck into our drunk area? Like it has just never occurred to me to say that to anyone because I assume that I have to be, you know, down on the on the floor, you know, fucking two minutes and ready to go type situation. And I maybe that's not that realistic. Yeah. I um, There were so many things that you just described that, that made me shudder a little. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, no, but um, yeah, you're really putting a lot of pressure on yourself, Georgie. This is the status quo. And I think until we question it, we don't really think about it. You yeah. know, we see all this stuff and then we think this is the way I'm supposed to behave during sex, uh, you know, and then and I've questioned quite a bit of it. So obviously I'm super strict around safer sex. I have conversations with people about that stuff. I, I'm not ashamed to fuck on the first date and I don't think any of us should be. No. But then when it comes to things like how turned on I should be, how quickly and how quickly we should get to the, the full-on intercourse stuff, like there's a lot of assumptions there maybe that need to be like sort of kicked to the curb. There's even the assumptions that um, if a vagina is wet, then that means that they're ready and that is right. just so not the case like a, a vagina can lubricate without your body and mind being ready to have sex like that's this why you actually relevant. need the word yes to be said because <laughs> to be sure yeah our bodies our bodies have physiological responses to certain things and sometimes yeah we we can be dripping wet but not in the mood yep yeah, totally. And it can happen. I know of um, for people it happens like sometimes they're just walking down the street or something or they're at work and their body goes, hooray, I'm going to drown you. And off you, off they go. It doesn't mean they want to have sex with the mm. chair they're sitting on, you know, just uh, your body, sometimes your body does weird shit. It's like getting a boner occasionally for no reason. And, you know, I hear a lot as well on this topic. I hear the words, um, what's wrong with me? Or um, how can I get this back? Or mm. um, this ne- I need this needs to be fixed, and they all come from a or delayed orgasm. That word in particular. So this it's the implication or the perception that we're broken. Well, that's that, like that premature some, ejaculation. Yeah. Like most, a lot of dudes think that they're premature when really the average time for intercourse is about four minutes from memory. Yep. Yeah, and again, it's like, well, delayed or premature, what what this is saying is that there is a time set in stone and And you can compare yourself to that. That's how you know you're premature or delayed. There is no such thing. There is no standard, Where does this come from? Yeah, there's there's no guide on this and there's definitely not a rule book. There'd be an average, but then the actual reality, the spread would be the spread. The spread would be so wide. (laughs) that that you wouldn't know like some people might take hours to orgasm some people might take 30 seconds and that's all normal right that's all within the normal range yeah yeah and I also um 
oh Georgie I just want to hug you like this is your your brain your brain is your worst enemy and oh my god tell me I about also, it I also say to clients you know really really commonly okay massage swaps so you massage your partner and then your partner massages you and that's a really slow soft sensual connection that's mm. helping your nervous system calm down that's helping your brain calm down that's helping yeah. you connect to touch it can take time from Get in that, the zone that's when you can start even like upping the play a little bit it can be kisses it can be genital touch softly you know the goal is not to get somewhere quickly and as the person who is receiving feels that if they feel safe if they feel respected and the arousal kicks in so much quicker mm. it's about feeling safe and it's about understanding that it's okay there's nothing wrong you just have a different arousal response. If you met someone and you had an identical arousal pattern to them, that's the weird thing. That would be really yeah, strange. That would be a very strange yes. um, coincidence. It yeah. almost feels like taking your eyes off the goal is the way to get there. And this yes. is something that we talk about with picking up a lot. Like if you go out with the intent to pick up, like I'm going to get laid tonight, or you see someone and you go, oh, no, fuck that person. As soon as you set that goal, you're pretty much done. Like there's no way things ever turn out the way we plan. And the more you look like you want something and the more you push for it, the less likely you are to get it. It kind of sounds like maybe orgasms are similar. But oh, if you're really hung up on wanting one, yep. the chances are it's not you're not going to get there. So when I ban clients temporarily from having any type of sex or from having orgasms, um, oh. it drives them nuts. And all of a sudden they want it and all of a sudden, whoop, oh, I, I had one. I didn't mean to because oh the God. pressure wasn't there. The expectation wasn't there. The obligation wasn't there. The guilt and shame. Yeah. But. And just to be clear, no one has ever, no one that's in my life now certainly has ever pressured me into having an orgasm. And, mm. you know, everyone Except that yourself. I, <laughs> Except myself, but mind you, I have I have dated or hung out with people when I was younger who were totally like, I'm going to totally make you come, and if I don't, I'm going to be so disappointed in myself. Um, where was I going with this? I had, a t I had a really good point, and then I got distracted thinking of all the scumbags I'd slept with in my 20s. <laughs> Jeez, I feel like if someone said that to me, like, I'm going to make you come, and if I don't, I'm really dis I'm going to be really disappointed yeah. in myself. I'm like, well, why don't we just skip it? Because no matter what, you're going to be disappointed in yourself, and then I can just pleasure myself and you can go. This is a problem, though, because a lot of guys, and I don't blame them, a lot of hetero guys have been taught that to be a, um, a giving lover means making a partner come because in the old days no you know if you were a male chauvinist fucking wanker dickhead you just wanted to come and then you'd you know it's roots and leaves you'd just get your kid on and fuck mm. off but I kind of feel like the sensitive new age man is like no it's about female pleasure it's just that no one's passed on the memo that female pleasure isn't about necessarily orgasms that it's actually about the whole experience being pleasurable that that's the thing that we need to shoot for and not counting how many times you get them off. And I feel like we, a lot of people have gotten hung up at that halfway point, you know? Yeah, and I also recently read a study that was um, comparing one-night stands or hookups to the sex that people have in longer relationships. Mm -hmm. And the hookup sex was really exciting um, and the long-term relationship sex had more orgasms. And it was wow, interesting. so the less exciting sex. yeah. You, it's easier to get to orgasm because of that sort of Trust. parasympathetic yeah. nervous system stuff yeah. you were talking about. It's going slow. It's it's actually listening to each other's bodies. 
not getting caught up in I have to do this thing and I have to do it right. But, yeah, longer-term partners who are sexual with each other understand each other's bodies a bit more and they also have more communication. And so the orgasm part itself, yeah, it was more common with people who had been together longer. This explains something that I've experienced as an escort. And this is going to sound weird and it's also super personal and a little voice in my head is going, why are you saying these things <laughs> while you're being recorded? Stop, stop. But basically I find that um, in like long-term really caring relationships, the orgasms get really hard and they're hard all the time. It's hard all the time. But I've actually had more luck coming with clients at work that I have coming with romantic partners and I think part of the reason is that I just don't give a shit if I come at work Mm. like I just don't care like it doesn't matter to me but as soon as it does matter as soon as the partner is a romantic partner or there's feelings or there's investment then that suddenly the stakes are higher and it becomes a lot more difficult Hmm. what you could do Georgie is next time you're playing with your partner you could make the agreement that you are not allowed to orgasm and if you get close your partner has to stop oh my god that would be so good yeah and also just because it's like total uh, I'm also into kink a bit and it yeah but it totally fits into my kinks yes (laughs) Yeah, and so you have to be completely honest. Yeah, like okay, I think I'm having those feelings. I'm, 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 I might come, and like, thank you for letting me know. And they have to slow down. (laughs) Whereas what I normally do, (laughs) if I start to get close, is like just like every every muscle in my body seizes up, and I just like hang on to that feeling for grim death because I know if I don't do it, I won't get to that point. But that's not very sexy. Like just like clenching everything and until you come is not. Uh, you know hanging on is not it's not a pleasurable way to get to orgasm having to focus so fucking hard also you're working against yourself um because we need the muscles to relax Relax. and get that blood flow so we want as much blood flow as possible that's why sex therapists are always talking about breathing and going slow relax your muscles have a breath let the blood in clench your pelvis release your pelvis let more blood flow into that area i had a discussion with a partner the other day where we sort of were like you know how like there are times during sex or when you're close to coming where you clench up and times when you relax and we were trying to sort of compare and work out at what points we relax and what points we we start to get all clenchy and I think this is what you're talking about right yep here's another piece of homework for you Georgie (laughs) great I I like this kind of homework I know this is this is my job I give people so much homework (laughs) it's like oh no you have to pleasure yourself again Um, such a drag (laughs) so homework task for you and I would like for you to do this alone at firstly but you're Mm -hmm. totally welcome to do this with a partner as well after but the first time I want you to get your I call it the clit sucker sorry to get the satisfier pro and mm-hmm. I want you to place it on your clitoris and I want you to just like keep it at a very, very low setting because you're not in a mm-hmm. rush. And I want you to practice clenching and then really releasing your entire pelvic floor. Oh. And I want you and, you know, you're, you're up you're up the level of the Satisfier mm-hmm. Pro like maybe once or twice and you're going to hold that there for another four minutes. And, again, yep. I want you to concentrate on breathing and relaxing all of your muscles. So what you're trying to do there is train me to stop getting into that grim as death clench sort of situation yes. and actually relax. Yeah, and, I, and I'm hoping, because this is what many people notice, I don't want to put words in your mouth though, many people notice that when they're clenching and releasing, 
it actually gets their sensitivity and arousal higher quicker right? with that clench and release and it's allowing the blood flow in and then it can become almost impossible to keep your muscles relaxed because you want to have a contractual orgasm. And so that's wow. a fun little game. And then also play it with a partner, get them to hold it onto you on your clitoris and you direct, mm-hmm. right, go up one slowly and then just like hold it there and practice releasing interesting yeah. okay so it's kind of like you know the warm-up reps for your pussy mm. if you're planning on doing some heavy lifting yeah exactly. so to speak <laughs> yeah. so what you're working on lifting this time is your pleasure yeah oh yes yep I thought that was very smooth that was great <laughs> wow thank you <laughs> <laughs> this is really good stuff I just don't I think this was the kind of thing I was hoping for like 50 percent this is totally normal and 50 percent there's, there are things that we can do to sort of get more in tune with our bodies and to, you know, to get things happening in a ways that are more pleasurable. Again, with you know, admitting that if the sole goal is just to get off mm. and you're not concentrating on the other stuff, then we, it's not going to work, right? Yeah. And there's also um, if you're someone who thinks that you need to be fixed in this area, nothing is going to fix you, nothing, because you're well, not broken. And if you, you know, if we feel ashamed or we feel like there's something wrong with us, like that is the worst mood killer ever. Like the, yes. the worst sex is when we're ashamed and when we feel like we're not good enough, like all that stuff just messes with our heads, right? Yeah. And all of those things that we have, even if it's external or internal, the guilt, the shame, the anxiety, the expectations, the pressure, the, the feeling that you're letting a partner down, all of that is how you can just pull the plug on your libido immediately. Whereas if you're feeling safe and relaxed and you're feeling pleasure and you're feeling respected and you have time to relax and drop into the touch that you're experiencing, that's the Kickstarter. So it's also worth mentioning that a lot of people's pleasure is reactive. It's not proactive. Mm -hmm. We can't expect ourselves to be gagging for it all the time. It's right. another massive cultural expectation that's been put on us. That we, we should just get horny all oh, the time. All the time. Yeah. I, and, of course, in new relationships, we have chemicals floating through our bodies that actually give us that sensation. It's like being on cocaine. But when normal life kicks in, when daily life stresses, it's just absolutely impossible for us to want sex all the time. There are and this happens people... on new dates as well, right? Yeah. Like you could just be having a shitty day and then you can't force yourself to be in the mood if you're not in the mood. Mm. Exactly, yeah. And so sometimes things get really exciting and you're like, oh, this new person, oh, and then you can feel the tingling in your genitals and like, oh, wow, amazing. But most people don't have that experience. It's like 15% uh, have, have a proactive arousal response and about 85 have a reactive. So, that's so what's why reactive? Reactive what means like? once you get started, that's when your arousal kicks in. Right. So when, okay. when we slam ourselves straight into sex, we haven't had time to get aroused yet. But if you go slowly, if you touch each other, if you kiss, if you warm up, if you connect and go slowly, that's when your body can react to the, time, the experience it's having and then mm. arousal kicks in. Can I ask you a super personal question? And we may, uh, you know, feel free to say no if it's yeah. like too personal. Go for it. But like 
like listening to a lot of this stuff, it's really cool. Like, and I'm, I just want to rush off and try it. But also there's this kind of like, oh man, that actually sounds really hard and like really what I'm not used to doing. And I'm kind of curious, like, have you used these techniques, say, um, when you were going through like your cancer treatment and stuff? Because you said that really messes with your mm. sex drive and your body. Like, mm-hmm. did you use much of this stuff and much of these techniques to sort of oh, all work of it. with what you had? Yeah, all of it. I still do. Oh. Yeah. So my, my, I'm still on treatments and my body is an absolute disaster right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, I'm, I 100% use these techniques always. Yep. So you've, you've experienced that frustration of I just don't feel aroused enough or I don't know if I'm yep. in the mood or I just can't come or something's yep. not quite right in my body or, yep. you know, all those things. So I actually am unable to orgasm because of three of the medications that I'm on. Jesus. Well, now I feel like an asshole complaining about having trouble when you can't <laughs> orgasm. Fuck. But it doesn't. I, I'm so sorry. You are not an asshole. Everyone's experience <laughs> is very, very valid. I feel like a dick because I'm having a, a privileged whinge about having trouble having an orgasm, but you haven't had one in how, how long? Like, Well, this is the thing, Georgie. So I don't mind because I am extremely happy to just experience pleasure. And guess what? having given up on orgasms altogether and starting to play and, and I, you know, I'm exploring Mm. with my muscle relaxation and arousal. I've actually had a couple and I did not expect to. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. So you abandoned the idea completely of having an orgasm and your sex has just been about um, playing around and enjoying yourself. Yep. Yeah. And it's all about pleasure. And that's the thing is when you're focusing on the pleasure and you're in the pleasure you're enjoying your touch your experience you are giving your brain time to drop into it more and that's Mm. where climactic experiences can occur but it also kind of sounds like you might even be having it's not just about getting that experience it sounds like you might actually just be having a better experience by not putting too much emphasis on the actual coming well it's it's funny because now um I now realized how much I used to want to have an orgasm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why, why, I, why was that so important to me? And so now when I'm having sex, it's just like, who cares? I'm just going to enjoy every second of this. And it's right. really, really nice. And I have had a couple of surprise gasms. Um, definitely none from my vagina, but uh, mainly my anus and clitoris and a couple of full body. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So like I kind of, I'm always sort of advocating for this anyway, that people should give up on the idea that um, particularly heterosex, because we know heterosex can fall into this really boring pattern. Like, you know, you go down on each other and then you have sex and then you calm and then they fall asleep on you or occasionally they (laughs) run out while you're in the bathroom, whatever. But um, like, it's a really boring way to have sex anyway. So I'm always trying to convince people and convince people I pick up, just let go of that idea and just fool around and just enjoy how things feel right in the moment rather than thinking, okay, next, next, we're going to do the deed. And then I'll call my mom, you know? Mm. (laughs) So it kind of sounds like that's where you're at now that you're just doing the things that feel good and you're not stressing too much about where it takes you. No, yeah, right? it's really nice. I mean, the two-minute game is just awesome. Oh, and so good. We'll play that. I was playing it before cancer, during treatments. I'm going to keep playing it after. It's just so wonderful. You but don't it, stop once you start. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, why would Why would you go back to the thing when everything wasn't as good? <laughs> right. And just yeah. for reference, if anyone hasn't 
had a crack at the two-minute game yet, I'll put a link in the notes to this episode to the Curious Creatures website. Um, Tess is a co-facilitator for Curious Creatures. They run sexuality and self-development workshops. Um, And you've just launched some online stuff too, Mm. if you'd care to tell us what you're getting up to. I know you're doing some really cool shit. Oh, yeah. I am... Well, thank you, COVID. So I've created four online workshops. So one is called Pathways to Your Pleasure, and it is a self-pleasuring practice. No cameras on or off. Uh, Sorry, no cameras are on. It is a completely personal experience that Mm -hmm. I will verbally guide you through. And it's about touching your whole body and your genitals, learning new ways to touch and connecting new neurological pathways towards more pleasure fucking Um, awesome I also do the exact same but anally so pathways to your anal pleasure so it's focused Mm -hmm. on your full body genitals but with a lot of anal touch as well there's a lot of shame around that area but it is the most pleasurable part of our body please good way to get to know your body if you're thinking of doing butt stuff and things like that yeah yeah definitely and and if you're wanting to explore someone else's anus this is a really great way to learn how to do that by doing it on yourself first and I never think I'm of the opinion you should never stick anything in anyone else's butt until you've tried it yourself because it is a very sensitive area and oh. you need to learn how it works down there. Amen, Georgie. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> also, and the last two workshops, pleasuring the vulva and pleasuring the penis. And that's where I take you uh, through with, with a partner um, about 18 bodyworker genital pleasuring moves. So it takes about an hour oh. and we go through step-by-step step, I show you on a model all these different ways you can stroke and touch and pleasure genitals with your when hands. When you say a model, a model, do you mean like a supermodel? Or... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, that, um, that sounds exciting. A vulva puppet and a penis dildo. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Not a, not a, not a, yeah. <sighs> and that's um, a really good look, one as well because if you're unsure about what to do and you're not in the mood to have sex but you want to offer your partner pleasure, you can do that with your hands and it can be the most erotic experience. And again, without focusing on trying to get someone off, which is often what we're thinking about yes. if we're giving a hand job, that we're just trying to find the right technique that'll make them come, but maybe just concentrating on things that feel good. So yes. maybe this is another thing that I should be checking out, hey? Hmm, I wouldn't say no. I mean, your, part, <laughs> your partner can only be happy. <laughs> I'm, I Maybe I'll have to sneak into a few of your online workshops and get yes. some of those pussy pleasure techniques happening. Yeah. And the other thing is you it's based to explore all parts of our genitals. So you may actually find some erogenous zones you weren't aware of. So like more areas than just going straight for the clit or straight for the cock. Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. This is good. And this is another thing, I guess, um about getting off right that we often go straight for the hot button so to Mm -hmm. speak but actually it's about the whole well it's about the whole person but it's also about the whole area right yeah and I had I had someone ask me um yeah but all I need to do is go for the g-spot to get someone turned on right and I actually had to explain to them yeah that the the g-spot is an it's erogenous tissue and just like the rest of your body it needs time and touch and warm-up to actually become pleasurable. So it's, it's like not the difference an... between giving someone a nipple gripple or yeah. like stimulating their nipple in a in a sexy and enjoyable way. Like big difference. Exactly. You wouldn't exactly. just yeah. poke straight at the thing, you know. It's not an on switch. You need to turn on the body for it to be a pleasure switch. First. Yeah. yeah. So good to keep in mind because I feel like it's easy sometimes for us to get carried away and then we just stab for the 
you know, the regions without really going in with sensitivity or gentleness, mm. especially if it's a hookup or, you know, we're having sex that's a bit rougher. Just, bit, you know, that doesn't mean that you don't still need to take your time, right? Yeah. Yes. So fucking good. So good. <laughs> you are a bloody legend. And I'm just looking at my questions now to see if we missed anything because, as per usual, I did not look at the list. Of <laughs> I just opened my fucking mouth and off we go. Well, how are you off feeling about the question you asked me, Georgie? So I kind of feel like, again, two things came out of it for me and one thing is three, three things. One thing is that that's totally normal mm-hmm. to not get off or to have trouble getting off, that our, yes. the range of difference, body difference is so huge that honestly normal is a pretty wide playing field. Yes. Um, the second thing for me was that put, keeping your eyes on the goal, so to speak, just can sort of kill the whole experience, mm. that trying to get off means that you're not concentrating on what's happening in the moment, which means you're actually much, much less likely to get off. Mm-hmm. Great. And the, the third thing for me, and this this was a bit of a rando one because we talked about a lot of stuff, but you know what? I reckon it's the it's the not coming. I think I think actually taking that off the table and then seeing what happens would be a very interesting experiment for yes. me. Yes. And it's it's a it's a very, very, very it can be fun, but in most of my clients, when I tell them that they can't have sex for a while, I can see the weight lift off their shoulders. Oh yeah. I feel well, I feel a bit turned on actually, because I, I am a bit kinky and I like denial and I like being teased mm. and frustrated. So I think it could work for me other way, to be honest. Yes, I I, uh, I very much understand, Georgie. <laughs> uh, if you get an email from me sometime in a few weeks going, tell me again that I'm not allowed to have an orgasm, I'm really sorry. And I am joking, green. by the way, because I would never. Oh, so you are green? Great. As long as you're green, because please never send those suggestive emails to someone you don't know, but. Like, yeah, <laughs> we know each other well enough. You're we a green, each other. green from me. On that one. I can, I can ask you to, to do some online chastity kink fucking uh, play. Surely that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll negotiate. <laughs> we'll negotiate beforehand, but definitely. Of course. Don't do it to your sex therapist, folks. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whoops. Don't, don't, don't ask Tell, your sex therapist to do this. I really want to come right now. Tell me I'm not allowed. Mistress. I mean, uh, doctor. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, oh, don't do that. I think we should abort this conversation. <laughs> well, we have to abort because we've hit time. Oh, but, man, perfect. I've gotten so much useful stuff out of this conversation. Thank you. Before oh, we wrap okay. up, can you tell people where they can find you? If they want to hear more about your sex and cancer stuff or they want to hear more about your workshops or Curious Creatures stuff, like where, where can they go? Oh, great. I'm kind of all over the place. So mainly I'm at <laughs> connectabletherapies.com. That's my website. And I'm also Connectable Therapies on Facebook. I run a an intimate and cancer, intimacy and cancer group on Facebook called Connection and Cancer for people to discuss the more uh, intimate sexual struggles we face. Mm-hmm. And I facilitate workshops via Curious Creatures, so curiouscreatures.biz. So Fantastic. I'll put all the links to those in the notes for this episode so you can click on through and check it out. There's some really cool stuff there and I kind of feel like everyone could benefit from this, not just people who are struggling to come, but maybe maybe we could all, you know, sort of benefit. So thank you. Mm, Such a pleasure, Georgie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. As with all my encounters, I love hearing feedback. You can find me online at artofthehookup.com and that's also the place to go to learn more about my book project. 
please share this podcast with anyone that you think would benefit from hearing this stuff. Spread the word as well as the love, and let's make the world of hookups a better place.